Hello and welcome to the Cloud Tweaks podcast, where we look at developments and stories dealing with the cloud, cybersecurity, the Internet of Things, AI, and other areas of business tech. I'm your host, Steve Prentice. The Cloud Tweaks podcast is supported by ISC Squared. As the focus of technology shifts from internal systems to cloud-based services, the only way for a security expert to stay ahead is to keep learning, growing, and studying. The cloud is no fad, and the changes cloud services brings to an organization's infrastructure require a different way of thinking. Demonstrate your knowledge and competence in cloud security architecture, designs, operations, and service orchestration by becoming a certified cloud security professional, a CCSP. To get your certification and continue your cybersecurity journey, visit isc2.org. The cloud as a collective technology has been with us for quite a while now, and companies have, in their own way and at their own pace, moved or have started to move there. But it remains a concern for many, given that data is critical to any organization's survival, and just like moving into an apartment, you kind of have to be concerned as to the safety and reliability of the cloud service provider you choose in terms of security, maintenance, and even who your neighbors are. And now, of course, we see the significance of moving to the cloud ramp up exponentially, with millions of employees working from home and an even greater need to break away from the brick-and-mortar on-prem bias. So how have we been doing? And what should we look for going forward? And how does a company migrate successfully? To extend the moving into an apartment analogy, there are right ways to pack, move, and unpack, and sometimes it helps to have a professional's guidance and oversight. So we have one. I have with me today Mark Kirstein, who is VP of Product for BitTitan, a company that specializes in migration to the cloud. Mark, welcome to the Cloud Tweaks podcast. Thank you, Steve. I'm really excited to be here, and I look forward to our conversation today. So, Mark, I gave the briefest of elevator descriptions there, but let's start by talking about what services BitTitan provides. Yeah, Steve. So BitTitan is a global managed services, cloud services company. We have offices in Seattle and Singapore and employees all over the world. We were founded back in 2007 by G-Man Yip. And really the premise of the company was to help IT service providers and businesses assess, deploy, and manage technology, specifically IT solutions through automation. We have primarily two products. One is MigrationWiz, which is our industry-leading 100% SaaS-based solution for mailbox, document, public folder, Teams migration solutions. And the second is Valir, which is our one-click security and productivity solution that allows you to automate uh, IT tasks and helps eliminate redundancies and failures in the system. And we support all of the major leading public cloud ecosystems. Mark, many company decision makers are still hedging when it comes to moving fully to the cloud. They have their reasons, which might include security and reliability and location. Some are choosing hybrid solutions or opting to keep some mission-critical data on-premises still. So how do you explain to those who are still unsure or who might actually be considering ramping up their cloud presence due to the current marketplace, how do you explain what the status of cloud is in 2020? Sure, Steve. You know, BitTitan itself has gone through this journey over the last several years in terms of moving 100% to the cloud. And, and I won't lie, it's not an easy thing to do. In the last 20%, can be the hardest or most difficult to complete. However, we see it as a major differentiator in our business. And quite candidly, our ability to be agile, respond faster to market demands, but as well provide a successful business continuity plan 
um, and most importantly, improved employee productivity in this ever kind of changing, rapidly changing work environment that we see. You know, you mentioned a number of concerns as it relates to moving to the cloud. Obviously, security, uh, cost control, or this presumption that maybe cloud is more expensive or not, and the ability to measure that, as well as vendor lock-in have been traditionally the three most major reasons why people have been hesitant to move to the cloud. But here are some of the facts, right? Heading into 2020, the cloud was a $230 billion industry. Um, yet, and, and honestly, global IT spend was in the trillions of dollars, but cloud is growing um, at a 17%, far outpacing that of kind of global IT spend in general. Gartner predicts that by 2025, the 80% of enterprises or businesses will have shut down their traditional data centers um, and in fact, already 10% have. So that tells you there's a huge market, obviously, of people that haven't moved totally to the cloud. So when we look at addressing the issues, right, security and reliability, honestly, are now achieved uh, far more easily and at a far greater cost effectiveness when it comes, if you've implemented the right strategies um, in how you deploy. Um, and I think the, when you can take those savings that you get from implementing that in an effective way, those savings you can then reinvest in your core business to drive growth elsewhere. It's all about how you allocate your cost and spend to ensure successful business growth. The second thing is the major public cloud providers are all introducing new data centers and regions, what feels like almost on a monthly basis. Um, and as a result, what they're doing is they're bringing that compute and data closer to where the users are, improving performance, but not only that, but addressing additional government regulations and data privacy issues. And finally, with solutions like MigrationWiz, right, customers can rest assured that they have the freedom and flexibility to move from one cloud platform to another through common migration technologies or solutions, right? So we avoid that vendor lock-in problem. Quite candidly, all the reasons that people have traditionally felt like I can't move to the cloud, I feel all those concerns and issues have really been addressed. And to me, the benefits of improved employee productivity and agile, faster, responsive uh, business to the market and improved business continuity plan um, far outweigh any other concerns that traditional businesses see. It's interesting that you were mentioning mobility. Migration is not just a one-off. Once again, using my moving to an apartment metaphor, that notion of staying mobile seems to hint also at staying agile in an era of very fast change. So specifically, in looking at your company as a SaaS service, what advantages do you offer over an organization that wants to stay completely in control, even if they do choose to migrate to the cloud? When people are thinking about moving to the cloud, there's always a couple different options around how you move to the cloud. One of the options is you can manage the migration manually in-house if you like, right? Um, there can be and will be impacts to that in regards to, do I impact employee productivity inside my business? Um, am I able to successfully execute on the project and in a timely fashion? I think that's a big issue. The second option is you can choose to manage the migration in-house on your own, but leverage third-party tools or services such as MigrationWiz with a smoother delivery cycle and while mitigating um, impact to employee productivity. The third option that we see oftentimes in which we recommend is the best option is to leverage a third-party tool and a partner, another IT service provider partner that specializes in cloud migrations because they do it 
hundreds of times a year. And they understand the complexities that come with migrating to the cloud. They understand how you assess the project's size, determine what needs to be moved and when, develop a good timeline plan or strategy around that. The second thing they do is they help you as a business implement effective change management. I think one of the biggest pitfalls when companies migrate to the cloud is that they think that the way that I operate as an individual today or as a business today is going to be the exact same when I move to the cloud. And the truth, that isn't necessarily the truth. So it's important to do effective employee training and education on the new capabilities that the cloud offers so that you can take full advantage of that and gain those productivity gains. The third is making sure that you implement proper security and governance in the cloud, and that ties back to security. Security is an important factor um, and always is and always will be. And I think the last thing to think about in this regard is you don't have to be a hero, right? Don't think you have to do this thing on your own you can get help from other people. So whether you choose to use our product or engage a partner, you're always in the driver's seat, right? We're just simply here to help guide you to a successful outcome. Would you say that the, the cloud as a concept is also something that deserves a little expansion and clarification? Uh, it's always looked at as largely like a big storage space and people's focus inevitably goes right to data and data security. But I get a sense that a lot of its further-reaching benefits often go underreported, and these two might also be noticed in much greater detail now, given the times that we're currently in. We mentioned earlier an ever-changing working landscape. Businesses now are challenged. How do they operate on a daily basis and move forward and be successful, right? The major value of cloud, again, is improved employee productivity, enabling that collaboration from remote workers, whether it's the ability to access information you need at your fingertips or the ability to engage in deeper analytics and understand your business in new ways. We talk about the rate at which we're able to capture and collect data. You know, they talk about the information that's available to an individual in a single day now far outpaces that from decades ago. How do we take advantage of that? How do we learn from that? How do we leverage that in order to drive key decisions that go into our business? You have to realize that in order for companies to benefit from this, they really need to be proactive in implementing and moving to the cloud and enabling their workforce. Because if they don't enable their workforce, their workforce will do what any workforce does, which is find ways to make their life easier and be more productive. So they themselves will take the liberties to start using cloud solutions or tools because they're remote. And because they're almost to a certain extent forced to do that, that's when companies are at the greatest risk from a security perspective. Because what ends up happening is companies no longer can implement the right security and governance procedures in place when you start to see that massive application sprawl. That's where they get exposed. Cloud isn't necessarily what is the security gap, it's people. It's always been people, right? Whether it's phishing attacks, whether you're on-prem or in the cloud, it's the people that are the biggest security gap at this point. So for me, right, I think that's why there's so many reasons right now to migrate to the cloud. And, and when we think about it, the timing is now, if you haven't already, to ensure effective business continuity. So as I think about moving forward, right, and what that looks like in the future, companies that don't, will be at significant risk from being able to continue to operate and, and be in business. 
The attitudes and expectations of a highly mobile workforce will not disappear after the outbreak has passed. Many professionals already were eager to be more mobile and less tied to an office before this outbreak, and it's likely that even more will see the benefits of working from home or working somewhere else, at least some of the time, now that they have experienced it. Not everyone can, of course, and not everybody wants to, granted, but how can an organization successfully blend these changing demographics and expectations of its workforce with a pressing need to migrate to the cloud? What will be the steps for successful migration in this context? Yeah, it's uh, it's a common question, and it's something we deal with all the time, which is how do I do this in a in a smooth way that reduces the impact of my employee productivity? Whenever you're migrating to the cloud, the bottleneck is really going to be in your current on-prem environment or infrastructure. And so when we think about a traditional organization, their IT infrastructure assumes that a vast majority of their workforce is on-prem inside some local network, and that their remote workforce is probably traditionally their sales force. And so their IT infrastructure is designed, built, architected, and set up to support a subset or a small percentage of their employee workforce, which is their sales force. So now all of a sudden, you have now by factors increase that remote workforce. And what that's doing actually is putting further strain on your on-prem or in-house infrastructure because it's not designed to support that. So candidly, the way we look at it is we don't think about it as much about um, what the major public cloud providers are doing. What they're in fact doing is they're opening up the pipelines to allow more businesses to migrate. Um, for me, I think about it as to when does your, what's the typical day of your business look like and what does that usage pattern look like? I would think about what are you migrating first and why? Start with mission critical content, mission critical data. Can I email my, or can I migrate my email first? Do I only need to migrate, say, the last 30 days of my email to get it moved over and get the team up and running and be productive? There's a lot of great things that you can do about that. What content am I moving? Am I moving all of my documentation or am I not? Um, which teams am I migrating? First, think about what you're migrating and the order in which you're migrating to get to the cloud and get the team as productive as possible as quickly as you can. And then remember the timing of when you perform the migrations. For your current IT infrastructure, candidly, it's likely the best time is to do it in the middle of the night or on weekends, which is what's great about MigrationWiz because all of that can be fully automated and scheduled at a time frame that makes sense for you. And you can specify the order in which users get migrated and who gets migrated um, so that you're able to ensure that groups or organizations get moved together so that they can maintain business continuity. And then again, like we talked about before, it's just enlist, enlist help, right? The last thing you wanna do is do something um, that has a detrimental impact on your business. Right? We talk about often don't try to be the hero, um, use a trusted tool and use a trusted partner that's done this hundreds of times. This is an important change for people and an important move and you need to make sure it's successful. The natural development that comes out of cloud access is to have companies that redefine their deliverables from tangible goods to services delivered and maintained virtually through the cloud. 
The most illustrative example of this might be software itself. I mean, very few people get their office productivity software on CD-ROM out of a box anymore. It's delivered, maintained, and upgraded all virtually as software as a service. And this as-a-service business model is being used by all types of industries now, which allows companies to maintain a kind of umbilical connection to their suppliers and providers of equipment and support services. So it's here, and it's real. So as an expert who has ridden the crest of this wave... If we were to look back at the development of SaaS as a concept, are you happy with the way that SaaS overall is growing, or what would you have done differently? This is an interesting question, Steve. I love I love SaaS. I love everything about SaaS, um, but nothing is ever perfect. I mean, of course, I think we would love to always re-envision things that we've done, and once we've built it once or twice, we think of better ways to build it. I think with anything we have to think about security first and foremost. And I think for a lot of people, that's what created a lot of the concerns early on is that I don't know that security was taken as seriously early in the days of SaaS as it could have or should have been. And then the right standards and expectations were there, something that we could we could standardize on as an industry. And I think we've slowly gotten there and evolved there, but then if I got to SaaS and I wasn't standardized, making that change to becoming standardized becomes incredibly difficult and expensive. And that, candidly, the the expertise doesn't traditionally exist. That's why leveraging some of the larger public cloud providers is really important. They have that expertise. Or find partners that have that cloud security expertise. That's first and foremost. And I think the 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 real, real thing for me is how we think about automating, controlling, and governing all these cloud applications. The reality is, if I look at a business today, there is the average size business has anywhere from 100 to 120 SaaS applications. So what we've done is we've enabled this whole new industry of software and capability. And that's definitely improved uh, business productivity, employee productivity, enabled businesses to be agile and respond to market demands. With that opportunity come new challenges. And those new challenges are, how do I manage that entire massive sprawl of IT infrastructure? Years ago, I might standardize on a single stack. I might leverage all of Microsoft technology or Oracle technology or SAP or IBM or whatever I've chosen as an enterprise. And my on-prem infrastructure was largely relatively easy to manage. It was very controllable. All the applications were right under my fingertip and that was very much centralized, but that limited my ability to be agile and respond to market demands quickly. SaaS has enabled me to be far more agile and respond to market demands, but as a result, this massive sprawl of applications that are decentralized now result in difficult problems to solve as to how I manage and govern that. So for me, ideally, what I would have liked to have seen is some sort of standard around how you automate, control, and govern all SaaS applications so that it can be done in a common, consistent way. Quite candidly, that's a huge problem in the market and why we think Valir is such an empower, uh, a powerful and important product in anyone's tool bag because Valir does that for you, regardless of cloud application. The other thing that I always like to ask experts like yourself, which almost always delivers an excellent learning opportunity for the rest of us, is what worries you? 
I think in general, what worries me is um, people without strategies or approaches. Um, I think that human nature is that people will leverage tools and do things to make their lives easier so that they can improve their productivity. And that exposes us to data breaches or a loss of information, right? People are just fundamentally susceptible to that in general. So for me, what I would really like to see is companies that really candidly move to the cloud quickly so that they can protect themselves and their business long term. Now, let's look at the future in the context of the current COVID-19 outbreak. We have, or at least might have, two, maybe three phases. We have the current lockdown, where so many people are working from home, based out of their homes, and relying on access to everything from their home office. They, of course, as we have said, are rediscovering the value of being on the cloud already. But then we've got the second and maybe third supposed phases post-current lockdown. This coronavirus is not going to go away entirely, of course, and life has changed significantly in many, many ways. So I'm just wondering three things. Number one, what you envision in these next two or three chapters of our collective history. Number two, how cloud in general is going to serve both of these chapters. And number three, what your role, what BitTitan's role might be. Yeah, Steve, I mean, without a doubt, this is definitely a difficult time for sure, right? Um our thoughts really go out to not only those individuals, but the businesses that are significantly impacted by this pandemic. It's definitely putting new pressures on businesses and people around the globe. Candidly, without cloud, I would think those pressures would be far more significant. Um, the cloud has really enabled businesses to be successful um, and enable remote workforce capabilities in what is a difficult time. Without a doubt, in the next 24 months, I mean, as we've been talking about, and obviously we're focused on the cloud and we help migrate people to cloud, I, I do believe, first and foremost, move to the cloud as quickly as you can. Do it in an intelligent way, in a well-thought-out way. Don't do it as a knee-jerk reaction, but do it thoughtfully. The second is really identify and look at how you can adopt new technologies and SaaS applications to drive improved employee productivity and collaboration. With the current situation, especially if it, it does continue to last for the next 12 to 24 months, people are going to be strained and pressured, right? We get joy, we get out of we get excitement. We love who we work with in general. I love going to the office. I love working with my colleagues. I love the water cooler talk and that engagement. That defines who we are uh, and defines the culture of the company. That is a difficult thing to replace and address and still maintain when people are working from home. So really think about the products and the solutions that help you maintain that company culture. That's super important. That's why we think collaboration products or tools that exist out there that help support that video chat and conferencing are super important to maintain that human connection and that human element. And third, you know, I'll continue to beat the drum, prioritize security. Think about how you're going to govern it. Um, you control that. Don't let employees control it by them starting to, you know, take, you know, matters in their own hands and start leveraging new applications or products, right? It's up to us and the businesses to provide the tools that make our employees successful. And then enable your employees with better visibility and awareness of what's going on in the company, right? When you're in that company and you're in the office, 
there's a lot of chatter. People know what's going on. They feel connected to the business and they have visibility into how the business is doing or performing because you're talking about it, right? One big thing companies should also be thinking about and other IT professionals is providing better visibility through dashboards or KPIs or metrics and letting them know how the business is doing. That creates that human connection and still makes people feel like they're part of something bigger than just themselves and that they have an impact and a value on the company. So where can people find out more about BitTitan, not only for your services and products, but also as a thought leader? I would love for people to learn more about BitTitan. You can do so by visiting our webpage at www.bittitan.com or our Bits and Bytes blog, uh, which helps people gain better insight into what's going on in the market and the industry. In addition, people can also find peer reviews and more information about BitTitan and MigrationWiz at Gartner.com for insights into how SaaS solutions work for our partners and what the ideal migration solution might be for you. Mark, Kirsten, it has been a pleasure chatting with you today on the CloudSweeks podcast. These are certainly very interesting times you're living in, and I really greatly appreciate you sharing your insights with us here today. Thank you, Steve. This has been great, and I'd love to chat with you again sometime in the future. Hosting for the CloudSweeks podcast comes from ISC Squared, and we thank them for their ongoing support. To learn about and join the ISC Squared community of cybersecurity leaders, visit isc2.org. That's ISC, the number two. As for us, you can check us out at cloudtweaks.com and follow us on Twitter at cloudtweaks. If your company is looking for some great exposure to thousands of decision makers in the IT, cloud, and related industries worldwide, please get in touch. We can craft a campaign that will get you noticed through our website, social media, and newsletter channels, all of which enjoy substantial readership. And of course, if you like what you hear, please consider subscribing, leaving a review wherever you get your podcasts, and maybe even tell just one more person about us. We are always interested in learning what we can do to bring quality news to you. Until next time, I'm Steve Prentice. Stay safe, and thanks for listening.